fuck great America There's still a chance for hope Upgrade America There's power within the vote Upgrade America Make sure you tell your folks What's up world? I'm Cameron Ra, host and executive producer of Upgrade America, the greatest show on earth. You're in for a treat. Pleased to be joined by my dear friend, battle buddy, CJ the Day Slayer. What's goody, bro? Yo, I'm the audio executive producer. You know, on the audio yeah. tip, that's what I do. We on SoundCloud, represent. So I'm here, I'm ready. We've been geared up for this one. And I really, uh, I know you surviving with Defenders, we're fit to fight, we're always vigilant, and you know, we're, we're very tough, hard to kill. Cool. Back at you, bro. But um, I, I pray everybody out there is, is well stocked up on food, everything. This is something that our nation hasn't experienced in quite some time, so I know a lot of people could have been caught off, off guard on that. And um, we just want to educate you. You know, uh, CJ, you coined it, the phrase infotainment. Is yes. that how you put it? Yeah, and I think it's already in the lexicon, so it's not original. But that's what our podcast is really about. For all you first-time listeners and viewers, it's about infotainment. So we provide facts and information, but we also here to entertain and just share our expression and exactly. our opinions. And it's like um, the main title today, we're going to be talking about martial law. And I know everyone's... I mean, I've been ranting about it since like episode one of the podcast, but now we're actually seeing this really come uh, into fruition. Like we're really seeing cases of martial law in cities across the nation. So we're going to be discussing martial law. We're going to do a movie review. And um, what else we got on the agenda today, CJ? Uh, we're going to talk about millennials and politics. Um, that's something that's not really talked about, spoken about. We're both millennials, a little bit on the older side of millennials, but we are. Uh, the Patriot Act, we're going to discuss that. FISA course, what are these things? National Defense Act, what and is that? It's, it's very ironic because that was our, the Patriot Act, FISA course, and all these things were our original thing that we we're going to discuss this week. But martial law is trending and we're seeing real cases of it in America, and we got to discuss those. But we're going to have the unique opportunity to connect the dots, how these things can be utilized together and uh, scare the shit out of you. I mean, <laughs> educate you a little bit. But uh, it's good to be aware. So um, I, I want to thank everybody, you know, for watching the show, supporting the show. Let you know, T-shirts are on deck. Upgrade American swag, you know. Stay high in the pre-apocalypse. Yeah. I got you, CJ. I'm gonna send you one very, very shortly. But um, what new countries do we got listening? It's always really exciting when someone across the globe is is checking us out for the first let time. Me, let me pull it up really quick so I'm more accurate. Hold on. This is our SoundCloud, folks. We appreciate you guys. Um, be a little more interactive with the comments and everything. I need to work on that myself. Yeah. Um, now, we definitely really need to go through. What's really cool is that we have the UpgradeAmerica2020.com website and you can get all of our content there. We're talking everything from SoundCloud, including the Upgrade America soundtrack because we got music coming out as well. And you can get the videos from YouTube. It's all on one domain, UpgradeAmerica2020.com. Well, yo, what's up, CJ? You found that country? Yeah, so the US, right, number one, Saudi Arabia, 
United Kingdom, Russia, Republic of Korea, I think it's Bhutan, which is I think a province near India somewhere. Um, India, Colombia, Canada, Mongolia, Indonesia, Finland, Brazil, Mexico, and Turkey. Yo, that's what's up, man. It's, a, it's yeah, always a yeah. pleasure. Welcome we to the club. It. You guys are officially upgraded. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's what's up, though, bro. So, like, uh, I guess we're going to roll into this, what, to the movie review? Yeah, let's go ahead and do that. Start off a little, a little light. <laughs> so, this one is called Contagion, I believe. Yeah, it's old. It's I don't think I've seen it though. Believe it's not. It. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not a new movie, but and it is old, so you guys can go check it out. But what I find is it's there is an uncanny resemblance to what's going on in the trailer to what's going on right now, and it's kind of creepy. Yeah, let, so let you know. Ready. This. This is, it may or may not freak you out, but don't worry. We're here. We're all going to keep calm and chill. You got it up? Um, yeah, I got it up one moment. Let me run it right back. Okay. I want to be like on the same page with you. Yeah. Let me know. You ready? Yeah. Fire away. All right. Huh. I remember this coming out vaguely, but what was going on in 2009? I was busy. Groundbreaking. I was engaged 2009. Was I engaged? No, that's was 2013. What, what time was it they say it came out? 2011. Yeah, I was going to say it's 2011. I was in Germany then, so I, I, I was really wasn't catching too many movies. Okay, Matt Damon. Gwyneth Paltrow. Great, great cast so far. Yeah. Oh wow! No treatment protocol. Okay, so oh, it's fish is in there, but look at look at the virus. Did you see it? Yeah. Didn't it look like a little spiky little uh, thing, or is that a characteristic of all viruses? Uh, maybe a characteristic, but yeah, it kind of reminds me. That kind of looks like that green emoji they use for virus or germs. Except it's flatter. But what are you talking about? What happened to her? I could imagine oh. being in that position. Damn. Well, I've seen a lot of choppers flying around during this crisis as well. Someone doesn't weaponize the bird flu. So, okay, here's what's going on in there. I guess it's like the birds are like coming together and they created a virus. Cause you know they had the bird flu before. Yeah, yeah. And I guess that's what they're trying to say is like the birds are attacking the humans. But you hear what they're saying? They're calling out the National Guard. He's grabbing his gun. Like, we are seeing these things. Yeah. Look like they had a vaccine, but nobody's only a certain people to get to it. Wow. That's what's going on right now. Yo, no doubt. Almost, almost, almost there. But no, but you see there, you're seeing a glimpse of the martial law there. I got people, mm -hmm. Dr. Cheever. We all do. But you hear what they're saying? Don't talk to anyone. Don't touch anyone. Yeah. Stay, stay away. Social distancing. Yeah. And I don't want to say it's a divide and conquer tactic, but it, I don't want to say it's turning people against one another, but common hellos are unfrequent now and people are, are you know everyone has to play yeah i might have to check this movie out when i'm in the headspace to watch it 
yeah, I'm trying to it would like be a, this. an interesting case study on how uh, America handles biological warfare, and yeah. I'm curious how they 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 resolve it. Because in Resident Evil One with Raccoon City, I do believe they their form of contagion containment rather was a, a tactical nuclear strike where they Damn. they took the city and then they, they took it off the map. And that was also referenced in The Simpsons, with uh, Tom Hanks made his cameo. Uh huh. Did you see that? Yeah, I seen that clip. Yeah. But it's like again with this, there's this irony that's blending between Hollywood entertainment and, and reality. It's like you have Tom Hanks in 2007 in The Simpsons movie. I'm gonna play the clip right about here. Are you tired of the same old Grand Canyon? Here we are, kids. The Grand Canyon. It's so old and boring. I want a new one. Now! Hello, I'm Tom Hanks. The U.S. government has lost its credibility, so it's borrowing some of mine. Don't sell my hair, Mr. Hanks. Sure thing, son. <laughs> now, I'm pleased to tell you all about the new Grand Canyon. Coming this weekend, it's east of Shelbyville and south of Capital City. That's where Springfield is! It's nowhere near where anything is or ever was. This is Tom Hanks saying if you're going to pick a government to trust, why not this one? Did you see that? Yes, they're going to destroy Springfield! So anyways, in the clip, it says, like, people don't trust the U.S. government. So he's lending his credibility. Yeah. And it's like, it's just a foreshadowing or, or a hint. And then, you know, years later, he actually, um, he, he gets the bug and he's further adding credibility to the coronavirus. Because mm -hmm. there's people who thought it was a, a, or who think it's a hoax, you know. Uh, I don't know, man. But movie review is pretty cool. Yeah. yeah like, when I'm in the headspace, too, maybe I'll check it out. <laughs> What's next on the agenda, man? Oh, what do you want to start with? You want to jump right into martial law or what? Yeah, we might as well, man. Yeah, yeah. You said you did some extensive research. And um, for all our new listeners out there, CJ and myself, we're both, um, well, I speak for myself. I'm an eight-year combat military veteran, served in Iraq. Our um, AFSC, Air Force Specialty Code for all you airmen, or AKA MOS for all you Army and Marines and whoever else uses that acronym is security forces. So we're um, basically uh, we do a lot of ground combat to law enforcement to security. We're the Air Force's ground combat Swiss Army knife, so to speak. Yeah, yeah. Well, we're the Air Force's infantry, specialized infantry. So I guess you can say we're kind of like the Air Force's Marines. In a way, yeah, but because we can do so much more, like because when you consider nuclear security, is mm -hmm. there's only uh, only Air Force and the Navy have nuclear uh, nuclear weapons. Army cannot do nuclear security, so that alone makes us more of a specialty force. Outside, yeah, uh, and then bonus tip: Air Fifty One, we actually get stationed out there, but you got to oh, be. And there's Air that too. Yeah, so, like I said, that, I think that makes us it's a bit more unique than than infantry uh, grunts. But while we do do that, I got my army medals, but um, doing army ops. But yeah, 
So that's why we, I, I only say that to say we have some, a little bit of expertise on, uh, on this subject. And we actually, part of our training is learning about martial law because one of the functions of Air Force security forces is law enforcement. And so in order to enforce the law, you have to know the law, which is the what? Universal Code of Military Justice, AKA the UCMJ. And it's shocking learning about this when you learn about how many punishments are punishable by death or how many offenses are punishable by death in yeah. wartime to include falling asleep on post. <laughs> and they drill that into you, man. Yes. But yeah, that was my preamble, CJ. Like, give us a little overview or, or go in depth on this really uh, terrifying subject. Martial okay. Law. So I'm, I'm here. Cam is more on the, like, worst case scenario part of this. I'm going to give you the angle of just knowing what it is will lessen the fear. Not saying you should not be fearful. Be afraid. Be very afraid. Say, yeah, I would say just have a healthy understanding of martial law. So basically, um, basically martial law, I'm going to just go over some quick overview stuff, hit you with it. So military replaces the government. The highest general becomes the head of state, POTUS, or president. The constitution is suspended. Rights are gone. <laughs> um, these are usually imposed after a natural disaster, state of emergency, or a coup d'etat, which is the overthrow of the government. I was about to say. So that's usually when we put martial law in place is something really bad is going on. You don't just do it just to do it. Um, let's can, see. I, uh, can I inject real quick on the coup d'etat? So for those who, who don't know, a coup d'etat is when you're taking over a, a government that's in place through military force. So um, in, in, in this scenario, uh, the best scenario I, I could say there's I guess there's two types of ways it can be done, right? You have a military commander and they're like, they're not pleased with the current governor, government. So they rally the troops together. They, they see if they have the support and they say, hey, like I'm in charge of the military and we're going to use the military to take over the government. And that happens internally, you know? That happens from, you know, high commanders, whatever, they take it over and now they have they have control of the government until they get it in place they still run it like a military dictatorship until they have something more feasible and this has happened a couple times in history i want to say in the philippines maybe in thailand thailand as philippines. well turkey was the latest example in 2015 they tried they almost succeeded but the I prime minister it. got away with it but what I, another thing i want to emphasize too is that these military dictatorships, they can last for like, one that has lasted for like 10 years. And there's well, other countries where it's like, okay. they still, they're still in place. I mean, I'll say martial law is fact, yeah, but the, uh, I quickly want to talk about the other scenario is mm -hmm. where rebels, they, uh, they take over the government. They're not in the military. These are the people coming together and they're like, yo, we're not gonna take it. But then they, they go to the government and then 
in order to, until they get some sort of stability, they draft a new constitution. They have to maintain order through a, a military uh, dictatorship, martial law. But please continue, CJ. No, hey, a great explanation. Um, martial law has only really happened once in the U.S. federally, which was um, Abraham Lincoln around the time of the Civil War which is like, I think, 1860 or somewhere in there time frame. Um, the thing you would have to be concerned about if martial mm -hmm. law was to be in place is if they live habeas corpus. Yes. Which is the right to hearing on lawful imprisonment or more the suspension of law enforcement by the judiciary. So basically you can't get a fair case if something goes down. That's how I interpret it. They take your right away to be like, yo, you got a witness, you did something wrong, now nah, all that's gone. That's done. And um, I, I do recall um, that citizens are subject to rule of the UCMJ. And there are offenses that can be punishable by death. Like, yes. Um, that, you know, when I get to my whole doomsday scenario, I'll, I'll further elaborate, but yeah. I got, I got a little more on that. Um, Another reason martial law is instituted is cases of rebellion and public safety. So examples would be civil rights movements, the riots in 92, uh, the riots in the 60s. And that was done more so by the state more than the government, okay. the federal government. So we got to get a distinguishing thing about that. That's what people don't realize. When those incidents have happened, that was state sanctioned. That is locality, your locale. Um, another thing is, uh, I don't know, I'm probably going to butcher this, but Possum uh, Comitatus Act. Possum Comitatus, yeah. Yes, there you go. And 1878 was passed, right? So this forbids the U.S. military involvement in domestic law enforcement without Congress okay, basically. Mm. So that's another thing to consider. Like, if these two habeas corpus and Pasta, you say that, I'll be butchering it. A posse comitatus? Yes. If those things are like wiped out, yes, you should be worried. I'll well, be honest. Thing. I was concerned when I first came back from um, from the States. I was in Brooklyn, New York. So, you ever been to, uh, what is it, 34th Street, Penn Station? Yeah. They have military police there, like armed military police in there. And I was like, wow, like, what happened to Posse Comitatus? Like, this is civilians. And I forgot how they covered it, what, that, what the clause was for that. But that was the first time I, I saw something like that. I've seen something like that. But, um... And, uh... Yeah. Go ahead. Another thing to consider, too, is just a little nugget. Troop deployment doesn't mean declaration of martial law. Always remember that. It doesn't mean, oh, it's martial law. You see troops on the ground. No. Not saying it's not coming. You don't know what they're doing because you also have exercises that are practiced through the military statewide. In yes. the states. And then maybe local law enforcement knows, local governments know, but you don't know. So then let me ask you this. In current events, right? Mm -hmm. Now, troops have been deployed in New York City, Baltimore, a lot of the, the larger cities. Now, they already said that their intention is to law enforcement 
is was on the, one of their list, one of their objectives. So what does that mean? Say again. Say that if again. Law enforcement. If assisting, assisting law enforcement is one of their objectives. What does that mean? And how do you interpret assisting? <laughs> uh, backup. That's what that sounds like to me. Backup. Backup. So and not like takes... actively doing patrols or actively, uh, you know, enforcing curfews and, um, and whatnot. Yeah. Or how do you say cordons? Yeah, like I think of like uh, QRT or, you know what I'm saying? Like quick reaction. I was about to say you got to define that. Yeah, like, and for those who don't know, it's basically like, kind of like SWAT or dedicated people just for emergencies, like, you know, We called them uh, QRFs. Is it? Response forces. Okay. This was in Iraq. Yeah. But then again, we we were under the army, you know, in Tambuca, so that might have been their terminology. I know Air Force uses, uh, we had what? What was EST? Yeah, I think it was the same concept. Uh, it was like SWAT. Yeah, that was like emergency security team. I think that's like SWAT though for the Air Force. Yeah, yeah, but I know the, the QRS were just like we were on call if, if anything came, we you know back up. Basically, that's very interesting. I look at it too <laughs> in an instance. Not saying I agree with it, but I look at it as more than likely it's going to be more troops than policemen. Yes, I agree. You're basically an augmentee force. With those who don't know, it's like at times in the Air Force, we had times where we had people from other career fields. My God, uh, God, God bless those Augies. Oh, man. Only a few were cool, but oh, my God. They uh, were, um, some of them liked it. They were, they were glad to help us out because security forces is a tough job. As you mentioned, we are the, we were we were the grunts for the, you know, of the Air Force. We did the ground pounding. And when we needed to beef up our manpower, sometimes we'd have cooks, guys, postmen, you know, like uh, people who didn't handle guns or, or, or have an aggressive career field. And they didn't, some of them would hate it. But you're saying that's what these guys are? Or you're talking about uh, would it be MPs assisting um, assisting law enforcement. No, no, I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Conceptually. <coughs> I'm saying conceptually. I'm not saying like. So I'm saying like they're just like backup because of the numbers of local law enforcement. I'm sure not that huge. Yes, I but, agree. But troops, you're gonna have thousands of them, so that's a lot different. And not for nothing, you know, the purge and and, and all that. We survived the purge, by the way. At least the date that was uh, set in, in the movie. Yeah, that was creepy. It was a bit creepy. It was yesterday, matter of fact, or how do you say, uh, March 21st. But um, I, I really think they anticipate it to be bad, and the military is here to make sure that we don't kill each other. Like, yeah. Well, about that, this is what Cam <laughs> and I have been talking about. Something you have to consider that other countries don't have, even though we did go down a list of countries that do have gun rights. Mm-hmm. So um, let's get that clear too. But I don't think is as many countries as free to own weapons as the U.S. and don't have as many weapons out as the U.S. 
I couldn't even think of. Yeah, nah, like, what is what is the number? We got, like, 300 and something million guns out there floating. Oh, yeah, there's well over 300 million guns yeah. in circulation. There's more guns in circulation, you know, than, um, than our people in America. Yeah. And even, like, Canada or Mexico, next runner up, they, there's the, they can't compare. But where, yeah. where were you going with that as far as uh, America having a lot of guns? Well, what I was going to say is our federal government and our state governments have to be very delicate on how they approach martial law. If they're mm-hmm. going to really oppose it, because you do have Americans that are rebellious by nature. We have different militia mindset individuals. Yes, indeed. Um, you do have people who are desperate or in situations of economic um, deprivation where they could resort to looting and scrounging for supplies if it was to get even worse than what it and is. And that's why I emphasize the military's presence is to try to mitigate that. Mm-hmm. Now, I mean, even with the full force of our military power, you're not going to stop all of it. I think the best they can do is try to keep it to a minimum. Because um, there was an article going around where they're saying um, some firefighters had it and also some cops had it you know and if that how do you say if the police forces start dwindling you know and uh, again i told you this is a very sensitive uh episode like we're gonna be real with you there are graphs where they depict 75 percent of americans may get it by like june or something if the if we don't curb the slope and as i mentioned like where we've been covering the coronavirus for quite some time and i was saying the exponential growth mm-hmm. and that that slope is is uh it's devastating and they're saying 75 percent of americans can get that before uh before june if we don't curb it so that's going to take a toll on our uh, how do you say our critically manned uh career fields like fire department mm-hmm. you know, medical and then of course law enforcement and you know people say what they say about cops or even just the system that, that, that you follow nice your to diary so you create the diary you test your diary and then you i got a digital way. registration give me one moment is this your vehicle yes it is what's your first name cameron cameron here is my registration. You know why I'm pulling over, sir? Um, I'm not too sure. All right, so uh, 41st and 9th, we're heading southbound, and you can make a right between the hours of 4 to 7 p.m. Um, the traffic director, he, he directed yeah. me this way. There's a sign there. It says no right. Between four and seven, between four p.m. and seven p.m. Monday through Friday, except buses. I see. So do you see that the? Uh, I don't know if you can see from here. Wait, no, 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 this way. See the light signal right there? The yellow, the yellow light signal. Yeah, um, no, it's it's easier to face this way. Just out out here. If you lean your head out a little bit. Take on the shoot. Sure. The yeah, the sign. See that next to the light signal? Uh, no right turns uh, from 4 p.m. to 7 p.m. except buses. Okay, I totally okay. missed that.
I gotta see it right here. So we're gonna go ahead and give you the courtesy today. Thank All you, right. Sir. Um, just keep in mind, um, what do you call it? Um, just, uh, just, you know, be aware of the signs. I know sometimes it's hard in the city, you know, with all the traffic and yeah. everything. All right. Thanks. I so appreciate it, guys. Have a good. One. Thank you. Have a good one. But they are the most critical component of society because yeah. without cops, without law and order, you have anarchy. You have the purge. And yeah, it's true. You know, you, you anti-gun people wouldn't last one night under, uh, you know, one night of anarchy. But uh, so, yeah, we first responders, a shout out to you guys because you're on the front lines. No doubt. No doubt. No doubt. You know, we know. Shout out to shout out to the, you know, the people, people at the grocery store. Like, I, I yeah. sincerely thank the cashier, rang up $400 worth of groceries. I sincerely thanked her because if she wasn't there, like, yo, my, I, I don't know how to, to shop long term. So it's like, when I thought I had enough food and it lasted me like, yo, just a little over a week, I'm like, oh, I yeah. totally underestimated that. But yo, shout out to the grocery workers. No doubt. Y'all on the front line for exposure and yeah. not for nothing. And then not getting paid the best. So yeah. like, I appreciate you. God bless you for, for that. But yes. um, again, yes. uh, back to the back to the cops, law and order. Like, if that system fails, like soon as people call nine one one and they get no response, that's when it all goes to hell. And I, I imagine the military in place for yeah. you know to support the or to institute martial law because uh, regular in the unlikely event you know regular law enforcement would fail, it would mitigate. It would be a band aid. And it wouldn't be it wouldn't be pretty. But. And uh, shout out to all the people, delivery drivers, um, just everybody, man. That are like what I do like about this situation to make light of it is it highlights the importance of other career fields that are probably going to be automated at some point, which we discuss on our podcast. True. But in the meantime. They're so vital to keeping our country going. And I'll throw out this stat. According to Axis reports, Axios, I think, the global economy of 23 trillion has slowed down because of this pandemic. Wow. So what what did it slow down to? It says large swaths of the global economy to a standstill limit some 23 trillion in market value in its wake, according to the economists. I like their articles too. Very good. So are you, are you saying 23 trillion was lost? Well, it's saying, let's see, the business life in the time of COVID-19, Corona, um, this business life, let's see, since mid-February, the spread of the coronavirus has brought large swaths of the global economy to a standstill, eliminating 23 trillion in market value in its wake. Wow. And, and that's that is, I could see that when you consider the the deep dives that the stock market took mm -hmm. uh, and you t consider the the deep dives that the crypto markets took and then even the price of gas yeah is, uh, is dropped significantly as well granted there's an oil war going on by the same time there's you know money's being lost hmm. but yo um let's uh push through with this um 
you had some more on the martial law? Um, that's all I had, really. I was doing a more quick overview. Okay, cool. So I'm gonna dive a little bit more. Yeah, take it away, steps, sir. But um, I, I do want to emphasize when we were in security forces tech school. Shout out to Lackland Air Force Base. I hope y'all crack house. B Bay Ranger. Some really great times out there, man. Like you go through basic training, and it is tough. Basic training is tough. I, I do recall people uh, trying to commit suicide in there because psychologically it's tough. And then you go through security forces tech school, which is, it's, it's damn near, it's like equivalent to, you have your army infantry training, and then you have law enforcement and some specialty security training on top. So it's tough. But one of the first things we went through is, you know, we're studying the UCMJ and then they talk us, they told us about martial law. So then I, I kind of want to go over it. So when martial law is declared, Civil liberties, such as the right to free movement, we're experiencing that. It's just a glimpse of that. It's not, it's more of a soft enforcement now, but it could very well be a hard enforcement where you have guys on bridges with guns, like, yo, you not leaving New York City, right? Turn around. So there's a liberty such as right to free movement, freedom of speech. And that's why I'm trying to get this out now. <laughs> because yo we take it we take our liberties for granted that's why i'm running for president because right now at the i mean at the moment i have the opportunity to run and so i'm doing it and these as, as we can see like freedom of speech that can be revoked just like that so what we're doing if it's perceived to be not in accordance with you know whatever initiative they can take our content down you know so freedom of speech that is removing that's so precious and we take it for granted we're starting to see little snippets as twitter's twitter is like oh you can't say that you can't say that or you know or or, or zucks putting putting people in facebook jail but like it could be so much worse and that's why i'm like it this has always been a lingering concern of mine so this is probably the biggest concern. Protection from unreasonable searches. So right now it's like, again, when I tell you like you get pulled over, you, you have amendment rights, like you can decline a search. You'd be like, no, like it, these are the rules to the game. I didn't make them. Like we have to, we all have to obey them. Those are the rules of the game right now. But under martial law, <laughs> Protection from unreasonable source searches out the window. You're driving, uh, you're driving to work, and you know there's a checkpoint. You're pulled over. They can run through everything, everything, and that's that's kind of terrifying. Then you're like, oh, I I have nothing to hide, you know. Well, <laughs> then. <laughs> I guess that's, I guess that's cool. But I mean, if you, you got like a double-headed dildo in in your your book bag, like they they're gonna find that. Or that research paper you did on terrorism. Then there's that too. I mean, like, and we're gonna get to other factors of how all this ties together from martial law to the other topics we're gonna yes, discuss. Indeed. But you're gonna see the connecting dots, and you're gonna understand why. For me. 
I'm not as worried about martial law because once we explain these other things, you'll be like, oh shit, does it really matter? So well, that's, that's another it, part of it. I'm, I'm can't wait to have that discussion. With you. Mm-hmm. But yeah. the icing on, on, on the cake is the habeas corpus, the removal of, of habeas corpus. Scam boots and makes me work. But um this is meaning I, I suppose it kinda could correlate to these Pfizer courts a little bit later down, but it's like there's no fair trial. Mm-hmm. It's like a military tribunal, meaning like a couple officers get together and then it's like they decide your fate. And oh, did I forget to mention that crimes, many crimes can be punishable by death. And um this is a has been a lingering concern in mind. So we're just getting started. Yeah. Um, let, let me let me emphasize again. In martial law, the presidential executive powers, the parliamentary legislative powers, and the judicial powers are all transferred directly into the military system, which may be delegate which it may delegate powers back and forth to any civilian institution within its territory. So what this means is like, Congress, your powers are on hold. Senate, your powers are on hold. And it's like, oh, Supreme Court, your powers are on hold. Because it's like, all power goes into the military. So simply put, the military makes the law. The military is the court and the executive branch. And the, uh, the citizens are subjected to military law and rule. And the president being the commander in chief. Is, is the highest link of the military command. It's, this is, again, this is, I don't, maybe I'm, I'm not painting the picture clear enough, but absolute martial law is essentially absolute power. It is the ultimate tool. It's the ultimate weapon for a tyrant. It is the forger of dictators. <laughs> Like under martial law, your your constitutional rights are suspended. Like when you think about ancient Rome, they are like no kings, no kings, and if the Rome uh, the Roman uh, Republic it birthed Julius Caesar, and Julius um, Augustus became the first emperor, and then it they had a thousand year empire. You know, it's um. This is if that that was a form of of, of, of martial law. But. Well, let's let's talk about. Hold on, let me let me throw some other things out there. So let's talk about what happens with a coup d'état tied in with martial law. What happens to society? Mm. An example would be uh, would it be Syria and Libya? With those, no, I think Libya would be an example of what happens. Like, Gaddafi was a dictator. Yes. But you see what happens when he was overthrown, and Libya hasn't really been the same since. It really hasn't. And you had the military take over coup d'etat, but they've been in a power vacuum and chaos and anarchy since then, for the most part. So that's the devastating effects of martial law tied into a coup d'etat without a plan of organization of a new government with standards. Um, Also, I'm going to ask you this question. Say we were to go into absolute martial law 
God forbid we do, or whatever religion you believe in. Because um, we're here in America, you can practice what you want. Just throwing that out there. Cling! Um, God bless so, America. How do you think the military would react to martial law? Because we still have people serving that we know. How do you think those generals... Big salute to those serving. How do you think those generals and these officers will respond to having to police their neighbors, their friends, their relatives, and take orders from the commander-in-chief who we know is pretty... I think it would be... um, I think they would deploy them. It would be a big conflict of interest to be... I mean, I get it. You're going to live where you're deployed. But, I mean, I think there would be some sort of detachment, you know, with, like, you're from Cali, but you're getting deployed to, like, New York. So it's not like your friends and families. But I get what you're saying. To, mm-hmm. It's one thing for the military to release the, the full might and, and brutality on other nations that don't speak the same language or share the same values and religion and stuff. I get that. But it's like, I think they would... There could be some conflict with them. Like, man, this guy has a Yankee hat on. Like, I, I like the Yankees. And now I got to, like, put him in zip ties and, you know, whatever happens next. But, um, yeah, I could see a conflict with that. What do you think? Yeah. I'm, didn't we get asked, and you brought this up. We're going to bring it up on the podcast. Didn't, you, didn't we get asked how would you be able to handle enforcing the law in the United States as a military member. I, it was, I forgot the question. We were asked it at some point in briefings or training. It was like, could you kill an American citizen or some, something to that effect? They were polling like all of us. And I can't remember where this was. Where this was in basic training? I don't remember. I have no idea. I remember being asked that question because somebody brought it up. I was talking to somebody either on... Uh, Instagram or Twitter or somewhere and they were like, yo, you remember being asked that weird ass question? <laughs> Could you kill an American citizen or something like that? Like I don't it- really recall, but here's the thing, it's like basic training, I don't want to say it was like brainwashing and doctrinization, yeah. but you're getting up this I don't want to say sleep deprivation, but you're you have to sleep through all those briefings and you're you're signing and learning stuff that, that I don't really recall. Yeah, I don't. That is weird. I got to find out who I was talking to, but it made me think like how I would respond active duty, mm-hmm. being in martial law, knowing that number one, American society is so broad. Yes. <laughs> you have all kind of ideologies, which we have discussed throughout our season one. Um, if you go back and look, We'll highlight some stuff, but definitely. Um, I don't know. I don't know how that would play out at all. I could see, could I could see this honestly? I could see it turning on the government from the military and the citizens coming together and be like, "Yo, you know what? We tired of this shit." And say that again. I could see, this is one scenario I could see, the military members and the average citizens, civilians, coming together and overthrowing the government. Interesting. I, I could, could see, see splinter cells of the of the military doing it, but not 
but not much. I would see the veterans being a strong backbone to that. And um, again, crazy radicals like myself who like really see this as a threat. But I don't foresee... Just let me elaborate on, on my scenario and I'll tell you why. Okay. If martial law is, is, is instituted, like Trump won't need to win the election. Like right. he will be like Imperatorius Maximus. You know, like it, it, he'll be commander like in chief to a whole new level. And we're, well, let me run that back. So he beefed up military or defense spending by 20 billion. Mm-hmm. I'm sure he has full or majority support from the military commanders and the troops because they recently got a pay raise. Yeah, I get what you're saying. There are some uh, splinter cells, but I I get what you're saying. But you gotta consider this. This is their home. This mm-hmm. is not abroad. So you fuck this up. You fucking up home where you live too. You got to take that into account. Like, pay raise, all right. Like, it's home. What's, what's left at home? This is my point. Like, I get what you're saying. You can have the support. But if you look at a big picture, all right, we follow these rules. Now where do we go home to? Because you got to remember, president has privilege and access to stuff that they won't have. And I totally dig that. But here's the thing. While you and I, we are somewhat woke, you know, during our enlistments, Mm-hmm. I told you that that BMT, that process, there's some, they did some brainwashing to us. There's some deep indoctrination, signing an oath under God and everything to swear and to uphold and obey the orders of the officers appointed over you. That means a lot to, it meant a lot to me, and, and, and you know, and I'm sure it means a lot to a lot of people serving as well. So whatever shit story they shovel down to the troops. There's a large majority of them that's going to buy it. They're going to buy it. They're going to swallow it. No matter how bitter it tastes, they're going to swallow it. They're going to eat it and be like, sir, yes, sir. And they're going to point their their weapons where they're directed to do so. I I don't disagree with what you're saying because we know the propaganda machine in the military. Trust me, we are both a part of that shit. True indeed, man. Um, They keep you basically in an insulated bubble. For good reason, because you got to keep the mission going. You got to be mission ready, fit the fight, all that good stuff. But I will have this caveat. We did not have social media during the time we were enlisted. It just developed. So that's why I say it's a little difference in now versus then, because these military members have access to actual news and what is actually going on on the ground Compared to when we were coming up in the Air Force, it's a lot different. So you have information. I agree with you on that. And that would be harder to manage. And I'm sure they're having a difficult time um, (laughs) trying to manage that, whatever way they're they're approaching that. But you're right. That is a very big factor to consider. So, uh, but at the same time, I would say it would only way a, a few more like i have great faith in, in their their uh, how do you say their brainwashing and, and their, their yeah that's the best way to, to sum it up but i have great faith on that and while social media has improved i'm, I'm pretty sure that um how do you say their techniques have improved as well yeah yeah absolutely 
Um, yeah, it's just things I kind of looked at. But like you said, you mentioned we we look at it from a different lens because we become aware in our enlistment. You know, so it's different when you have the information and then you get new information. You put it together and synthesize it. And it's like, oh, oh, this is oh, okay. So, but I mean, all it took, I didn't have social media. All it took was Fahrenheit 9-11 to yep. make me see things a little bit differently. That, oh, man, we talked uh, about I'm going to take where you're going with the, uh, as far as with the truth. Like, okay. Let's just assume they have majority support uh, of the military, right? So that that's in the bag, check. Okay. We're already in no position for, like, an election in November. Like, I'm pretty sure we could mail them in, but I want to say that kind of leaves more with isolation and how do you say all that? How's that going to work? People are going to count them by themselves and you're going to trust them? Or like, how's that going to work? You know? As far as, what is the question <laughs> asking? So, even if we did mail-in ballots, right? Okay. Are people going to count them together? Or are you going to have the two-person concept? Whenever oh, yeah. People yeah, are going to yeah. count them to, <laughs> People are going to have with two people in a room. Oh, no, but social isolation, so... Yeah, social distancing. Social distancing, you know, there's a, a room... There's a great margin for error for there. So, you know, they're, they're going to relax. So well, let I, me tie this into some, but, some concepts that President Ra... With Institute, I'm gonna throw some presidential questions at you. Um, I I just took the census. Was it Friday, Thursday night? Super simple. Oh man, like if government could be ran like how taking that census would be, would be a hell of better shape. Was it through mail or did you do it online? Online, but this is what they did. They sent it in the mail, but they instructed you to go online. They gave you a yeah, it takes like 10 minutes, five minutes, easy, simple. They didn't ask um, your citizen status on there, they yes. just asked very basic um, polling questions like yes. your age, birthday, full name. Um, are you living at this address? How many people live with you? I'm trying to think of what else it asks. Just very simple stuff. That was it. And you're done. Send it in and you can save a copy PDF or your email, uh, PDF or print it out. Real simple. So this goes back to, I'm going to let you take it away. If you were president, you would do government like basically this. How we did the census. Voting would be more like this, which are Absolutely, and I, I have to uh, emphatically say we'd have to utilize the blockchain for authentication and, and security. For all my techies out there, like, no, it'd be a nightmare. Study up on the blockchain. It's going to change the world. So give give layman's like me, like just a <laughs> short, concise, what is the blockchain? What is, What the hell is that? Oh, man. So if I had to sum it up, like everyone keeps saying, it's a, it's a ledger that everyone has a copy of. I I want to dumb it down even further. So okay. let's just say, best example, we're using Evernote, right? Mm -hmm. So if you write something on Evernote, this is a app that me and CJ are using to share notes and information. If you write something on that the Evernote, I get it too. As soon as you put it on there. 
So if I delete it on there, it's deleted on your end too. But in the case of the blockchain, let's just say it's like you can just write onto it, can't delete it, and we'll always have the same thing. So everyone has, uh, everyone knows what what's on the document. So just think of that Evernote, that shared document with like a thousand people. So every time okay. someone wrote onto that, if like for instance, person number nine hundred ninety-seven, they vote for Cameron Rob. You see that he or she put that into there onto that shared document, right? Mm-hmm. And everyone can see that. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And so it's 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 there. So for someone to for someone to uh, what's to say to try to fraud that, they'd have to change all one thousand documents. They'd have uh-huh. to hack onto everyone's thing, and I, I, that's my way of like trying to break it down or at least how i understand it because i'm no blockchain expert by no means but that's just how i conceptualize it but um yeah i think with with that type of technology and you know other types of encryption there's no reason why we can't vote from uh from home yeah remember you have uh my company legion imperial the contract we'll get it done by september okay um, what else you wanna you wanna keep moving? Yeah, yeah. Let me run through this real quick. So, um, <clears throat> I already talked about the election. We just did that. It would be um, with the whole military power, no elections, what have you. It would be very easy to retain power during this unprecedented state of emergency, and that leaves him in a position most like dictator. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, we we study and we think of Nazi Germany, mm-hmm. and everyone has that misconception. Oh, that was them, then, and it could never happen to America. Well, fun fact for you: Operation Paperclip. America hired many, countless Nazi rocket scientists to, uh, you know, and. and Injected them directly into NASA. I think Warner von Braun was a higher, a higher up in, in NASA's space program, and they, they 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 had these guys working directly in our in our government. And you know, I don't want to. I I did some try to do some fact checking, but I can't get a straight answer. So I'm just gonna read it, and you guys can. Take it for what it's worth. Okay. Found this interesting. There's an interesting meme circling on the internet, and I tried to fact check it to see if it was true, and I can't really. I can't find that. So take this for what it's worth. So this is. They say. This is from Donald Trump on an interview with Time Magazine in 2002. Okay. So it's. It's saying, reading Mein Kampf in college had a profound effect on me. Very, very interesting, of course. There are many problems in Germany at this time. They were losers. They lost. But Adolf Hitler, that is to say, I don't agree with everything he was saying at the time, of course, but I do respect him as a leader. Tremendous respect. And I suppose you could say, I incorporate some of his teachings into everything I do this day, in my business, in my daily life, and in my politics. So they said that was in 2002. But could 
I, I don't I don't know. But I'm, I'm only bringing that up to say that um while our founding fathers did their, their best to to make a government that could not turn totalitarian, mm-hmm. there, still, uh, there still seems to be a, a, a route where where that can occur. And it's like everyone's the memes out there is saying what? Yeah, you can vote your way into socialism, but you gotta shoot your way out. Meaning socialism could evolve into a, a tyrannical totalitarian government. And yes, that is very much true. That's, that's, that's very true. When you think of um like at Venezuela now, how do you think it's being run? It's kinda like a it's a dictatorship, right? Yeah. Don't get me started though. You know we had a lot to do with that. But go ahead. Yeah. yeah uh, Latin America, South America, Central America. We got a lot to do with all that. Yeah. Go ahead. Be that as it may, if the United States found itself in in similar circumstances under a socialism regime where resources were where there are constraints on resources and money and funds like that, it would be Return to dictatorship, or at least I, I believe it would. There's always so, a scenario where, where it can under socialists, but then there are fascists that can come underneath. Uh, what do you say under under a democratic republic? Well, let's 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 do this. I'm kind of curious. I want to clear this thing up. So when people say socialist, what are they really meaning? What's your interpretation of socialist? I'm gonna look up the actual term. So I'm thinking now. I know communism is more or less it's all hands into, of course, into government and to into business affairs. Like when you take China, for instance, they have um, like they're practically partners with Huawei. Am I saying that right? They're practically partners with them because oh. their um, government and industry they're, they're they're very close in the communist regime. I know we're talking about socialism. My understanding of socialism it's a lot more sharing. Okay. And it's a lot more heavier regulation on corporations as well, which means government would have more hands in business and into our personal wealth. And my biggest gripe and complaint with Bernie Sanders is Medicare for all, Medicare for all. And it's like, we're an unhealthy nation, like uh, the capital of obesity. And how dare you raise my taxes to pay for these donut-eating, burgers-munching slobs who never did a day of exercise in their life. Like, um... That's my gripe and complaint with that. I already- well, hold up. Let me let me let me push back on this. But now that we're in this situation, socialism doesn't sound like a bad idea. <laughs> Considering that a lot of people are losing their jobs, laid off, not able to get income. A lot of people are unhealthy already, like you just mentioned. But you got loss of freedom of movement and loss of income and scarcity on supplies obviously you raise a very valid point with that 
but at the same time, I guess some of mine or I'm a mutualist. I'll never identify as a socialist. So in my mutualist agenda, like I think food, shelter, and healthcare should be provided. There's um, there's a uh, there's ways to to levy those costs, but um. <sighs> I wouldn't consider that socialism, though. So, what do you? What would you consider it? As I mentioned, mutualism. Okay, so I'm gonna read the definition really quickly of socialism. Good. A political and economic theory of social organization which advocates that the means of production, distribution, and exchange should be owned or regulated by the community as a whole. So they said owned and regulated by the community as a whole? Yes. Hmm. Doesn't say government, it says community. And how is that regulated though? By whom? Government, which you can argue has a monopoly on things already. I wouldn't disagree with you on that. Mm -hmm. And then I'm going to read the definition of communism. Okay. Because they're they're offshoots of each other. Um, a political theory derived from Karl Marx. I think I share the same birthday with him, actually. Uh, <laughs> advocating class war and leading to a society in which all property is publicly owned and each person works and is paid according to their abilities and needs. Hmm. So suppose those are the textbook interpretations. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and okay, so hearing you express it that way, I just want to throw a question at you. How would you you still think handling it? How you as you mentioned, yes, uh, that emergency aid. How long could you sustain that? Considering the you know the economic. How long could you sustain it without hyperinflating the economy? Because I think that would do more damage than like, yo, here's a band-aid, here's a grand. I suppose we might as well touch on that. Here's your little two stacks. Here's your little, uh, your little thousand. No, I think $1,000. Bernie was going, he wanted to give two stacks out to everybody. Is there a three? 3,000 anyway. I, okay, this is how I feel about it. It's like you said, it's a band aid. How could it really help if you can't? Where we have all this scarcity, you can't really go out and buy anything anyway because retail is closed except for essential places like gas, groceries, and medical. So you give the citizens 2000 which I'm not really opposed to because you're helping out the citizen, you're trying to basically calm down, basically. But moving forward, because we don't know the timeline of how long this is supposed to last. Mm -hmm. How long do? You, how long is that supposed to last? And so hear me out, and that's okay. let me back and re-inject my mutualism. Okay. If um rather than giving you two thousand, because I'm gonna be real with you, like crisis, you're talking about mass unemployment, and you're talking about the yo hiring freezes, like fuck rent. If it comes down to that, like, yo, fuck your rent. Like, $2,000 ain't gonna do, is, uh, is, 
you you're gonna be good for one month and then you ass out. So, yeah. Like, wouldn't you much rather have guaranteed food? Like we already said, freeze on rent until we get the everything moving smooth. But wouldn't you rather have guaranteed food coming perpetuity? Like you got big bag of rice coming every month, mm-hmm. big bag of big bag of supplies, everything coming every month. Because here's the thing, and hate me what you want, it's like people, and perhaps we should blame the education system, but the average person cannot manage money or time. And specifically the money. People cannot, they can't handle the money. People already, you already see the memes circulating about what people are going to do with their, their, their stack that they're going to get, you know? And they can't manage that. So boom, you burn through that stack. Now what? Now you have to lo- resort to looting or, or, or whatever. But if you guarantee everyone got food coming, no matter what, stay in your home, you're, you're going to be fed. I, I dare say that the government could stretch. Rather than getting everyone that splitting that trillion up, boom, 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 here's your little piece. Go fuck it up. Buy, buy, buy that bag. Buy this bullshit. Everyone will be fed. <laughs> Let us manage that. We will ensure everyone is fed. I think that's a, a better idea. Just me personally. I don't disagree with you. And it goes under the concept we were talking about. You can check season one out because we're on season two. Chip, chip. Um, we were talking about universal basic assets. assets. And that was food, shelter, internet is starting to become a utility. Yeah. We'll say utility um, versus UBI, which is income. Because, um, again, the people going, and Andrew Yang was proposing $1,000. Yeah. Yo, people, one, is going to hyperinflate the economy. And two, people are just going to, you know, that up. Like, didn't. Well, he has. Well, he has a case study, so we we need to review that case study and see what came of that. To be honest, I'm curious how they re- selected recipients. Yeah, I know he was. Matter of fact, he was on the Breakfast Club, and they're doing something for the Bronx in particular, mm-hmm. where they're giving out uh, UBI. Um, and I think he has some corporate sponsors to help him with that. But they're doing it there, and they're hoping to. It's a nonprofit, of course, and they're hoping to do it, I guess, nationwide. Yeah, but, they're, they, but here's the thing: when I look at the average person who works a job, mm-hmm. like they're bad with their money. Or I will say yes, we're not taught money management skills, but not saying they can't manage money because you have to to be able to survive even with a low income. You have to have some kind of money manager skills to do that. Oh yeah, it's like the the bare minimum, but we're talking about surviving in a crisis. We're not yeah. talking about day to day, the the old rat race. Like this yeah. is some unprecedented shit, mm-hmm. and um, I, I don't know. I but, will <laughs> I will um, say one thing about this that has happened to America is it highlights probably everything we've heard in the black community like basically we've we've been in this mode for our existence to be honest in america and also highlight something that's interesting if you're willing to pay out these payments to take care of americans and everything why can't you pay out reparations to black americans well 
That's uh, we, we discussed that in season one. But you raised a very valid point, but I think that's going to be now in these uh, times of turmoil. That's going to be very low on uh, on the list again. Oh. But it highlights the fact that you can do it as a matter of you wanting to do it or not. That's well, that's My reparations plan is like three point. Is it three point five trillion? No, nah, I heard up toward upwards of ten <laughs> to twelve trillion. For no, I'm talking about on the the one that we discussed where it was like giving every African American sixty five thousand dollars. Yeah, I've, well, I've, I've, yeah, what we talked about, I've read also that based on like our market, the market value now, 2020, it would be like 10 to 12 trillion dollars. It's not no three trillion. Hell no. Oh, That's like 65,000 times 40 million. Yeah. That's actually 2.6 trillion if we were to give. 65,000 to every, uh, or, or at least to 40, mm-hmm. to 40, 40 million African Americans. Yeah. <sighs> again, I, I think that's a. Like, I know it's, I'm just saying we, conceptually. I'm saying conceptually. I know this is a totally different situation. But, but it's I'm like saying. We just got broker. Right? Huh? And I know it's grammatically incorrect we got more broke i suppose like as a nation we we've lost wealth mm-hmm. like due to this crisis so everything that people were put that wanted before and that they still want like medicare and all that it's just gotten harder to get mm-hmm. it's got harder to give you that because yo we just boom we got sucker punched in the nuts like uh we 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 we're broke right now. We for this was very unexpected, and we were unprepared, and it's costing a lot of money. And we're just getting started. So uh, the, the think about reparations. Yeah, I still want it, but it's like this Corona bill. It, I think it's going to cost more than uh, most wars. <laughs> uh, I don't think so. We already did the numbers on wars, so I don't think so. Oh, you were talking about billions a day, right? And they're saying, how much was it for a total cost? Was it was it? in the trillions. Yeah, definitely in the trillions. But this is already, this injection from the into the Federal Reserve, that $1.5 trillion, mm-hmm. that's already $1.5 trillion. Then what else? Uh, how, I forget how much they're spending emergency uh, uh, funds and stuff. Mm-hmm. This is uh, it's already exceeding the price of um, a, a, a small war or a great war. Because that $1.5 trillion, we have to now pay it back with interest. So that's me... our buddy. They ain't, they, ain't, they ain't best friends. They're like, yeah, we can eat it, Oh, interest rate too, but it's going to cost yeah. you. Well, let me, let me pose this to you. <laughs> I know how you're going to feel about it, but I'm going to still ask it. Now, wouldn't it make sense for our troops to be home at this point in time? All the money that we're blowing on that? Um, that's a very valid point. Very, very valid point. Because, again, we got to tighten our belt. We got to uh, limit, limit spending. So, yeah, I dare say that. But here's the thing. When our troops are home, they need something to do. 
this was uh and i and i love giving roman empire examples but when you've got a thousand years of uh of a thousand right year reign of an empire it's worth studying but like the troops would come home and they'd have no one to kill because that's what they're good at and they would often resort to banditry not all troops are in combat go ahead yes of course you're right but at the same time like they're gonna need a a, a homeward mission a big mm-hmm. homeward mission you know and it could very well be american citizens if because uh, here's the thing go ahead. this and i'm, I'm painting my doomsday scenario but mm-hmm. when you have prolonged <laughs> martial law Again, I told you, your rights are out the window. Mm-hmm. They're null and void. Mm-hmm. So there's going to be a lot of there's going to be a lot of discomfort, and this is going to form a lot of uh, people are going to be mad. And when then they get mad, then they want to protest, and then protests turn to riots, and riots turn to underground, you know, cells forming, and people want to fight back against the tyranny. Mm-hmm. And again, that's where. That that emphasis, all that uh, that military might could potentially be directed onto uh, the American the American really? people. Hold, I want to inject one more thing for okay. for a bounce off of and pretty much wrap up this uh, my portion of, of the martial law. Okay. But, um. Again, with, with my worst case scenario thing is is uh, yeah, I, I do fear uh, an underlying. Um, how do you say, white supremacy agenda and um, potential civil war. And again, that federal government using the, um, the black identity extremist clause. And now anyone can, any black activist could be labeled a terrorist because of that. I'm not sure if we... We caught that the last episode, but the Black Identity Extremist is an umbrella that was created that they can label any um, black activist group as a, a terrorist organization. Mm-hmm. And what did, uh, what did they say? In the... That's punishable by death. And again, we're talking about no courts. We're talking about no fair trials. Like That is my worst uh, case scenario you'll fear. And again, I, I could be overreacting, boogeyman, looking for the boogeyman. But again, that's just worst case scenario concern, something uh, to consider. But when that is implemented, just be prepared to uh, give up some of those rights. Yeah, I think we'll conclude it here. I like what you said. Um, that is a valid concern oh. for my friends and family as well in the black community. Um we often during natural disasters and states of emergencies are targets let's keep it honest yes indeed uh, I, I read a stories in hurricane katrina people went missing and i've read also that the police were executing people during that time the military folks that were involved during that time were executing people and so again you know we've we've touched with war and to imagine those horrors on the home front and also directed at our people. When I'm talking about, they need reasons to gentrification, right? And you got all these project buildings in the, in the heart of the city, but they need a way to knock them down. Well, no fire missiles do that from drone strikes because they're terrorists living there or something like that. 
But mm-hmm. it's uh, I've seen it. I've seen it progressing as they're trying to link, link drug dealers to because if they're selling heroin in the hood, they're kind of linked to the Taliban if they're getting if they had a plug from the Taliban. Gotcha. So that's how they're using a lot of Patriot Act stuff. They're using which we're gonna uh, get to today. They're using all these clauses to target drug dealers in you know in the hood and saying they're linked to that. But that is my worst fear is when the might of the military is directed at um at the at African Americans and U.S. citizens. But I do want to say this. Like I'm not knocking martial law. I'm not saying like yo like I, well, I guess I did say like be very afraid. But yeah. it is a concern. But it is a necessary function of government. So my understanding it serves as a it's a way to permit the president to make rapid decisions, you know, concerning national security. So in crisis, like we can't afford to have delays because of. Uh, you know, congressional and, and senatorial oversight and, and judicial for that matter. So they combine it all into the military and it's supposed to make things roll like really fast. You can roll out new legislation. You can make very, very big decisions mm-hmm. without saying, hey, Congress, you want to uh, wait and meet on it and, and, and give us your opinion and vote? Because that takes time and it's life or death situation. Yeah. As with the coronavirus, it's like every single day it's it's impacting. So I, I get that, and I, I do want to emphasize there is a need for it. However, yeah, I do have a concern. It's a very powerful tool, a very very powerful tool, and um, you just need to make sure it's being utilized accordingly. Well, I ranted enough. I just have one question for you, though, CJ. Okay. How would you act with absolute power? Could you handle it? With absolute power? <laughs> uh, since I'm a Spider-Man fan to the heart, initially my favorite, um, with absolute power. With great power comes great responsibility. Shout out to Uncle Ben. So, I think I'll be fine, bro, to be honest. Like, yeah, I think I'll be fine. I, knowing how I am and knowing how we've been trained, Mm-hmm. It's all about the troops, and that means the people, the citizens. Troops come first, you come last. That's always the motto. That's leadership. So lead that's from how, lead from the front. That's right. So that's, that's, how, like, that's um, how. I think I would be a very righteous dictator, benevolent dictator. Yeah. But, um, I think well, my the biggest thing that I would want to do is delegate as much of that power, and um. Because again, it's like when you hoard too much of it, it's like one, other people are craving it and then that creates things for people to try to do. I would want to be like, listen, I just want to be like, I don't want to say like a general consultant and give you guys guidance and everything, but I would want to be like, listen, you handle this, you handle this, you handle like this. Like a CEO. And, and, and yeah, and just give away as much of that power so that one, you take a lot of the burden off of yourself but two you're empowering people to you know to go out and and, and to make those changes and you know to resolve the situation ASAP well a historical um, example for me another birthday uh, icon is Genghis Khan 
Angus Khan. He really took kind of that approach. He let everybody <laughs> slow. Huh? I mean, I he, he murdered entire villages, but it's only because they didn't submit to him. Like that. That's true. But what people don't realize is he let people practice their religion freely. They were under his umbrella. Let's get it. You know, um, it was other things, but that's kind of a historical example of what I would be like in absolute power is Genghis Khan. So don't go murdering. Time. No, 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 no. Not that not part. Nice. But just kind of like we're all under it together. Even though I'm running shit, like you still mm-hmm. do your own thing. You just under me. Like, but I kind of admire Cincinnatus. I guess who uh, Cincinnati was named after. Mm-hmm. It is not a Roman Empire. Okay. Temporary one, I should say. And it's like more or less they gave him during a time of crisis. The Senate, they gave this guy absolute power. And then most people, when they get absolute power, they're like, no, I'm not giving it back. And they run with it. This guy did his thing, had absolute power for, let's just say, six years. Mm-hmm. Gave it up and then retired as a farmer. Like, you know, that's, that's, real, that's yeah. real humble. And I, I respect that. He like, took it, handled the crisis. Here you go. And because once again, once you behold that, it is very difficult for someone to take it away. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I won't lie about that. Yo, let's go into uh, you know, we kind of touched space on some of the spies or stuff, but let's let's dive a little bit deeper and you know connect some of the dots. What Pfizer? Or uh, what do you what do you want to do first? Pfizer Corp or uh, Patriot Act? I didn't do too much research or any research actually on. I got you. NDAA. What is that? Uh, hold on. I wrote it down. National Defense Authorization Act. So I'll start on that since you mentioned that. Okay. So I'm going to do a quick overview. This is quick stuff. You know, we're not trying to bore you with the details. That's what Google being all that good stuff is for. We just give you a snapshot of this stuff. So National Defense Authorization Act was established in 1961 is when they first started kind of passing it. It's a series of U.S. federal laws specifying the annual budget and expenditures of the U.S. Department of Defense. Um, Congress oversees the NDAA. Um, Let's see, the defense budget primarily through two yearly bills. Oh, I'm sorry, I read this wrong. Okay, so Congress oversees the defense budget primarily through two yearly bills, the NDAA. AA and the defense appropriations bills. Basically is where we're gonna spend our money on defense and all this good stuff. Okay. Meaning military, spy, all this stuff. That all that everything that's under defense. So just think of defense like basketball. You're playing defense or football, playing defense for the US against everything abroad and domestic. So you're saying this committee is they just assembled to talk about more or less how much money and where they're going to they're gonna get and where they're going to spend it. Mm-hmm. Makes sense. Um, this is, I think, established in 2012 where they really, like, started enforcing it. Mm-hmm. More so, like, they really got a little more. Obama. Yes. Interesting. Um, they approved it 2012, 2013, 2014. Then... Um, I was reading somewhere else that under this, um, 
they authorize necessary and appropriate force, meaning they have an authority. This is when it, when you're talking about all your rights gone, all this stuff ties together between FISA, the NDAA, Patriot Act. So tying all this together, this is just kind of like a little bit. It gives the power to the POTUS. I read this in one of the articles to Post arrest the president of the United States. Yes, sorry. And it gives the power of the POTUS to arrest and indefinitely detain U.S. citizens without any evidence. Did you hear that though? Indefinitely hold you forever with no evidence. And that's what these, the language that they use in, in some of these bills and acts are quite frightening when you, when you really, really hear that. That's wild, man. And they authorize necessary and appropriate force whatever that means you know how we get down in america it's so vague though yes it's, it's very vague now and necessary course, and appropriate force to detain the individual or, or for what you just read what i you just read what i said i mean heard what i read <laughs> you know how we are as a nation we are very yeah, violent yeah. and it's like Again, is it, it almost seems like it's inevitable for this this constitution to be corrupted. But then again, you, you got to think about it. America was stillborn at birth anyway. It's like all men are created equal, except for the slaves and the women and everybody else. So it's like, yeah, I guess it was, um, I don't want to say destined to become this. But. So... That's like is it quick... necessary? Huh? Is it necessary? It's all tied together. I'm I'm just going through the page. I'm gonna read the Patriot Act. I want to know your I want to know your opinion though. What is it necessary? All for... this, all this, these um, these deviations or was the Constitution flawed to where it can't be? It, it holds no weight in, in, in the 21st century. So all of these new revisions and, and how do you say amendments or omissions? Well, I, I would say laws, so more so than amendments, because well, I, I mean, I'm like takes... omits, like uh, when, you, when you really consider some of the things that the Patriot Act entails, like how they can do uh, searches. Uh, I believe if any intelligence agency can can come into your home while you're home or, or not and you know rummage through your shit. Oh but, let me read over let me read over Patriot Act real quick. Oh, it's real quick. Patriot Act stands for providing appropriate tools required to intercept and obstruct terrorism act of two thousand one. That's what Patriot Act stands for. I never knew that. Cute. They got a little acronym. Yeah. <laughs> it's like counter to you know to patriotism like meaning defending the constitution we're going to protect the constitution by violating the constitution act that's what I you know. said how about that it kind of sounds it kind of sounds gestapo-ish kind of cointel pro kind of you know and that's what my, my worst fear is i told you these guys infiltrated these, these nazis infiltrated uh you know nasa but like where else are they you know, what else uh, their legacy survived? You know, what? Well, South America to be exact, but... Uh, you know, there's so, that, 
Yeah, quick hits on the Patriot Act. It was established 10-26-2001. Matter of fact, I had just graduated from basic training maybe five or ten days before that shit hit. Mm. Um, hey, hey, you were in... Um, you were yeah, in I graduated. I graduated yeah. October 12, 2001, basic training. Wow, yeah. It's crazy, bro. Like, went in, enlisted two weeks before 9-11, in basic for 9-11, get out, Patriot Act, boom, right there. There it is. Um, Basically, it's created by George W. Bush Jr. Um, also, they go through your web, phone records, all that good stuff. Yep. Eric Snowden, very famous whistleblower, came out in uh, June 6th, which is my grandpa's birthday, ironically enough, 2013, and said the U.S. government is spying on the citizens, which has always been conspiracy theory, always been out there. He yes, confirmed he, um, he worked for NASA and the CIA, so he has very great knowledge on what's going on. Yeah, but he said there's no confirmation of aliens. Right? He had no confirmation of aliens. <laughs> and one other key fact that I was watching the interview and he was talking, the USA is the most one of the most advanced and technologically democratic societies that doesn't have data protection laws. What do you mean by that? We don't have laws prote- protecting our data. So to speak, like uh-huh. written down laws. Like I got you, I got you. We're talking about like what they cannot do with our data, and you exactly. know, um, I suppose we're gonna have to add that to the notes because that sounds like a really great discussion. I know that, what we need to, to do. I know that. the EU has it for the EU. I know it, that in countries in the EU have Australia it. Australia too. I want to say where Australia. Mm, yeah, I believe they probably would more than likely. Yeah, so. Oh yeah, what else you got on that picture of that, man? Let's see. Uh, well, that was a quick hit with the Patriot Act. Okay. Um, I was kind of reading up on they were trying. They were trying to change the name of it because everybody's aware of the Patriot Act. Mm-hmm. They're trying to say the Freedom Act, or they're trying okay. to rebrand it basically. And it's up for I think all this stuff has to go up for renewal constantly too, though. It's not like boom, set in stone. It's like they kind of do it for terms. It looks like for what yeah, I was reading, because yeah, I heard uh, Obama made some, he updated it and renewed it or something like that. The Patriot Act, and he, I do believe he had something with Freedom Act. So I didn't dive too deep on that. But again, these how that ties into martial law is like <clears throat> again, if you are. I'm just using scenarios, and it's like, say you're making a podcast that's like, I don't know, exposing, you know, some of the, the bad things that the government is doing, you know, and um, you could very well be branded as terrorists. Mm-hmm. Um, they could utilize, how do you say, all these Patriot Acts to, one, just run up in your start surveilling you and two to go into your place and and if they you know if they deem you an enemy of the state not going to a fair trial or even have an attorney and a lawyer like really show that hey you are not an enemy of the state you're going to the military tribunal or firing squad or or what have you in the worst case scenario 
Well, not only that, perfect uh, example of what we're talking about is mm-hmm. a movie that came out in what '96, Enemy of the State, Will Smith and Will Smith. Team. Yeah, that was really dope. That yeah. is a perfect example of what the government can do to you if you are the enemy of the state. True. That movie goes top to bottom. What would happen? I mean, um, it's interesting times right now. It's it's kind of it's yeah. Sometimes I feel like I'm in a movie. <laughs> I feel like I'm in a, I'm I'm in a movie like it's some sort of sci wild sci-fi film. It's just like what you see uh, on the media in real life. It's like I don't know, bro. But uh, why don't you uh, can you tell us about the Pfizer Court? Yeah, I'm gonna jump right into it. It's called the Foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. Um, established in 1978, and the reason why it was established is because the intelligence community, shout out to Virginia, because we know y'all be listening. Our biggest fans. Hey. Yeah. Um, they were abusing their power. So the U.S. came to a compromise where, you know, OPSEC, COMSEC, which is operation security for civilians that don't know, and communi- communication security. Those are very vital when doing intel, when doing spying, all this good stuff. Oh, indubitably. So, with the abuse of power from all the intelligence community, the government is like, all right, listen, we need to come to a middle ground. We still need y'all to do your job, but y'all can't be abusing your power. (laughs) So they came up with the courts, basically, to be like a place to approve what we're going to let you spy on and get warrants for and all this good stuff. So the purpose, it entertains applications by the U.S. government for approval of electronic surveillance, physical search, and certain other forms of investigative actions for foreign intelligence purposes. The way they word should be making me laugh. Like, what is certain? What is, what is this vagueness? What are you talking about? Yeah, yeah, and that's what I'm saying. There should be no room for that. It should be very clear. Like, uh, what the measures or criteria is for that. Now, my concern is, like, I mean, not concern, it's like, I get it's like, it was formed so they could get intelligence, or, I'm sorry, so they could spy on, excuse me, this can't teach it. So they could spy on foreigners on American soil. Somehow, it... allowed them to also in, in current events current time to start getting information on americans mm-hmm. maybe i'm just being biased like i don't care if they use it on the foreigners because you shouldn't be spying on americans but in my defense i'll throw this out we all spy on each other anyway even our allies we spy on them that was exposed with the german chancellor like a couple years back you're right. That was a, was it Angela Merkel? Or yeah. It... Mm-hmm. Well, I guess, and I asked you before, is it necessary? Like, are all these things necessary? And <laughs> we get to it. It sucks, man, but I... All right, so let Maybe me it is. Let me, let me finish. Let me finish right, real ahead, quick. It's real quick. So the head judge, presiding judge, is James E. Bosberg, right? Um... Here's some interesting cases he ruled to block, right? April 26, 2012, ruled public couldn't see bin Laden's dead body. 
He blocked that. What? Yes, it was him. So why did I get to see Uday's and Kusei's swollen faces after they got like shot to shit from Apache helicopters? Not that, that was that reasonable, but not the most, uh, how do you say, notorious terrorist leader on the planet. I was like, Cam's going to have a field day with this. Um, <laughs> only feeding in the conspiracy. I mean, they did release it like later, didn't they? Nah, not that I remember. I you didn't get any it. pictures on it. I thought I, I saw a picture of him. Uh, he got smoked. I'm pretty sure, like, because you know they had footage, like, CLT and Six had, like, cams on. So, oh, yeah. but I'm sure that is, that was gone right after the operation. I'm sure of that shit. I think they have popcorn in the situation room. Good question. <laughs> that would be kind of sick. I won't even lie to you. That would be kind of sick, bro. Follow up question. Okay. Or, or, or Trump or any of the guys are in there like Michael managing the point man like yo turn left yo like, turn no the way. mic turn the mic you you know how we get that motherfucker yeah, like yeah. nah radio silence like I don't need this um couple more cases that were interesting he blocked um Trump releasing his tax returns when he was campaigning for the first term five so, four did that. Mm-hmm. How does that try into uh... Because your tax returns are confidential. You got your socials, all that. So, you know, they were trying to get his tax returns because all candidates provide their taxes. It's like it's like a tradition, but it's not Required. legal. You don't have to do it. Well, wouldn't that be a Supreme Court thing? Like, I still don't see how that deals with the foreign intelligence security. What's the last part? Hey, uh, activity or something? Foreign, foreign Intelligence Surveillance Court. Surveillance? Because somebody... I, I just gave a quick overview. If you look at the case, it explains it a lot more in depth. Mm-hmm. But somebody was requesting his tax returns, and Trump said no, rightfully so, because he's like, well, I don't have to do it. Because yeah, y'all sure. do it in tradition. <laughs> and so they tried to get a warrant to subpoena his tax returns. And that's when it comes to the FISA thing. Because it's personal records, it's confidential information. Again, but what is the first two letters of the court stand for? Foreign. <sighs> and we also know Trump has a colorful history with was it Ro- Russian mobsters? Really? Or Ukrainian? Yeah, I had read something like that. He's had some ties to them. So, but anyway, that's a whole other episode. Um, and then March 27, 2019, he blocked the work requirement of reciprocants of Medicaid in Kentucky and Arkansas. Hmm. So I, I suppose it's something I'll have to dig a little deeper into. Mm-hmm. Uh, it seems there's quite a bit of power in these courts. Um, and these, in this court is, I think you could see it. Some of the hearings and stuff on uh, C-SPAN, maybe. Not all of them. Yeah, yeah not all of them. Of course, I understand because... that there are some that are uh, they're not released to the public ever, and particularly where um, in cases where it's like some human rights violation. But there's my understanding is there's some controversy about the FISA courts being like a rubber stamp because so many of them get approved. Like maybe in like 
the thousands of cases that went through, maybe only like 40 got declined. So mm-hmm. it's like, um, I don't know. Well, kind of how I explain it, if they're not approving it, that had to be really bad. Like, I don't know. I kind of looked at it in a reverse in a weird way. Mm. Like, if they didn't approve it, that must... What were they not approving if they approved this much? Mm. Like, what did they not approve is the question I had. Well, I think... Um, I think America is changing from its uh, fundamental... Pro- principles and elements this uh, whole notion of freedom seems to be eroding right before our feet and um, again you keep stuck in my question Mr. Perfect hold up no no hold up I got more real quick and then I answer the question so section 702 says the US government can't target known Americans has to be a foreign national or something like that Mm -hmm. right that's what you were asking like how are they targeted they're not supposed to. Yeah. Um, but 2006, the U.S. government. Um, let me see. How do I put this? NASA asked to collect. Not NASA. Uh, NSA asked to collect calls from major telephone companies. Your T-Mobile's or AT&T. That's when it started getting a little weird. It's like, all right, hold up. Y'all doing a little too much. And think about it. We were just talking about Trump's tax returns, right? That happened after 2006, this time frame. Because, you know, technology has boomed since then, especially. Um, Also, they were trying to end mass surveillance in 2015 under Obama. But it was some issue going on. It was an internal fight about that. They were trying to end it? They were trying to end it. I heard he increased it quite a bit. Yes. (laughs) So, that's pretty much all for Pfizer, so go ahead and ask your question, not answer. Okay. So, when you consider the Patriot Act, and you consider um, Pfizer, of course, the, the other one that you mentioned, the NDA, yeah. like, from your perspective, and if your best opinion as, as a ruler... Like, do you think these tools are necessary? You said as a ruler. Yes. So you if I was an absolute power or president, which one? Whatever floats your boat. Okay. It's so, I put it this way, it's so ingrained in our culture. Mm-hmm. It's one of the things that it, it would take generations to stomp out, like to scale back. What do you mean scale back? Because with the amount of surveillance that we do on U.S. citizens, let alone globally. Oh, I don't think we will ever scale back. Yeah, like I'm talking about really more so on U.S. citizens is my concern. And I don't think we're ever going to scale back from U.S. citizens as well. Like, I do believe we just, they are in the process of, like I said, ending end-to-end encryption. Meaning every email, every text message is pretty much like it's out there and open. It can be read. Or there will be access to your device so it can be read. 
So I think it's going to be less, less than that. And I, I just want to say, I do think it's necessary. I do, th- and, he- and here's the thing: why I think it's necessary to have inputs, maybe not so much now, mm-hmm. but when you gotta really think of a worst case scenario, and um, which there are several of them, mm-hmm. like either running out of oil. That's gonna really shift some things, assuming we haven't made that real, that fast transition to uh, how do you say renewables? Yeah, to renewables. Mm-hmm. Um, you're talking about an economic collapse, or you know, there's just just countless reasons that would cause the people to want to rebel against the government for many mm-hmm. countless, countless different reasons. And at the end of the day, in order to to have a form of law and order. Like, you, it's a balancing act, and it sucks, and I hate to say it, but you, 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 you need it. Like, you, you, like I said, it's like, there may come a time where it's like, you, let's just say terrorist organizations have nuclear weapons or something. Like, then you're going to want to have that capability to get as many communications as possible. You would need that to stop a catastrophic event like that. Haven't gotten to it, but I could foresee a future where you'd need that, if not more. And I think um, maybe history has shown us that terrorists and extremists are, are getting more radical, more organized, more funded as you know as time progresses. So it is come a time where it's like yeah you need that to do it i i'm gonna push back on that because I, 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 I just want to add one more thing i think okay go ahead have to it's it sucks because there's always a trade-off mm-hmm. and you have to compromise freedoms for security in the in the in yeah. the 21st century it, it seems that way it sucks but we have to find a way to do it and not make it suck so much and also stop people from abusing it. That's the part right there is the abuse of power. Um, I think you answered my your question for me when you said I would say in case of break glass fire extinguisher purposes, but ongoing nah, like I'm trying to let the American live their lives. Why are you living in America to have your freedoms like impended on like intruded you can go live somewhere else for that shit if that's the case to be honest it's i think freedom was much more the document was written in the 1700s mm-hmm. and life was far more simpler yes than when you were talking about everyone has the right to bear arms and blah 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 there's only muskets back there There weren't Uzis and tactical nuclear warheads and drones and stuff. It was like, it was much more defined. Like, yeah, everyone can have a musket. And then those muskets grew magazines and rapid fire and grenade launchers. And, you know, so now it's like, oh, and then we still have both parties are fighting over. I don't know. I think the document is outdated. And, um,. Well, if, uh, another question for you: If it was revised mm-hmm. the Constitution, would it still be America? 
I would say, yeah, just be an uh, evolved version of it, refined version of it. America 2.0. Basically, upgrade America. That's what we talking about, right? We upgrade it. So. But it's like, I want to upgrade America and maintain civil liberties and rights and everything. But it seems, again, when you're talking about the Patriot Act and it being necessary, because I do believe there were some some benefits, some Mm -hmm. some huge uh, uh, preventions of terrorist acts. A lot of preventions came from from that act. So, but it's like... And like I said, the best way to do it is perhaps more checks and balances and find a way so it doesn't get abused. Um, I think what we touched on is having a privacy, having, what do we call it? Season one. We came up with a term for this because yeah. technology is involved. A technological bill of rights. Oh, yeah, but we didn't define that yet. Yeah, we did. So we got to have episode. Uh, that season two. So we're we're gonna we're gonna circle back wagon wheel back to this wagon wheel. Make that a topic on how we could. I believe in keeping the Constitution as it is because it's a historical document. It is a foundation of what our country is built on. But I also believe in having a 21st century and beyond document to show. Hey, moving forward, this is also what we need to be working on because we live in a different society. I agree with you, and we need to hard code some basic rights Mm -hmm. into there. And maybe even take some of those second bill of rights and and hard code those in there as well. Because if the government can't provide those basic rights, they're no longer government. They're something else. It's uh, what is that? I don't know what to call it. Yeah, true. So, yeah, we that's something to tackle in the next episode. But thanks for uh, listening to my rant and hanging out with me and CJ. You know, and, yo, just take care of each other out there. You know? Um, oh, let me answer that question you asked about martial law. Why I feel like I'm not worried about martial law. Okay. It's because of FISA Court, Patriot Act, National Defense Act. They can already do this shit without martial law. That's why I'm not worried about martial law. Yeah, but That's here's the thing. That's really why I'm not Dude, You're absolutely martial. right, but when they're absent the military, the resources are much more finite. You're talking about the, the FBI sending doing raids and, or even coordinating with ICE or something like that. Even their resources are limited, though. As soon as you add the military factor in there, you have the resources to scale these operations up a thousandfold, if not a billion. So, like, um, that, that that's just my concern. But, again, don't mind me. I'm just a crazy bearded guy on the internet. But, uh, it, everything could be under control. But at the same time, I ask y'all to take care of each other and, um, you know, stock up on, on food, you know. But one more thing I wanted to say. Uh, all this slips my mind. Oh yeah, it's like we are ahead of the, the the curve, CJ. Like when um I first started my campaign, you know, people were I had doubts because it was gonna be limited to online. I was like, man, man, there's no way I'll be able to travel to 50 states and meet everyone. I have to do my campaign online. But as current events, we are ahead of the curve, man. 
Like everyone else is gonna have to step up their online presence and really maybe even start doing podcasts. Or come on my or ours rather. Upgrade America. Greatest you know. on earth. Yeah, there's a lot going on with the, the studios designing. Definitely want to dive deeper into that. And also, you know, these these senators inside of trading. Shame on you. Yeah, how about sloppy, that? Sloppy, sloppy, sloppy. <laughs> but yeah, um, again, I think we we about to go over our time. But um, it was very thrilled to hang out with you. And, uh, Thanks for listening. Yeah. Hope you learned something new. And by all means, if you want to come on the show, DM us. You know, we'd love to have you on the guest. But be safe out there. Take care of one another. Catch you on the next episode. Peace. Peace.